0: Blog Talk Radio
1: This is the body of Christ Church. And welcome and welcome to. Henry is the key is the key. Only the blood in the church child. forget about me friends and the dance. hall. love have a great piece of this dance and friend them to find. friend them find. I go and pray, and pray to get behind me. Get thee behind. I come, go up a
2: long great mighty father,
3: see a project
2: I'm Hope, your brother, Abaja, and uh, I have on the show with me this evening the brother Yawanathan from the ATL, and uh, Yawanathan, he actually appears on a few of the shows on the for our uh, Blog Talk Radio Network. Uh, I have him sometimes as a uh, special guest speaker here on this show, but uh, you can also catch him on the streets of Atlanta uh, teaching the word of the Heavenly Father and repentance through Christ, but you can also catch your brother on our show uh, Kings and Priests, which airs on Saturday, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time You want to consider a few words to the people
0: Yes, giving all praises to the Heavenly Father God of our Father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob It's His Son, Jesus Christ Giving all praises to be here again Glad to be here on this particular topic today, brother Right So, the title of today's show is called
2: Hanukkah, Who Turned Out the Lights? And that's just a little play on words because you know, a lot of people, they don't know what Hanukkah or Hanukkah is. You know, you look at your, you know, the Bible of most people, most Bibles in your, in your churches there, you won't even see anything about it, you know. But is this a holiday that, you know, the followers of Jesus Christ should observe, or is it just a so-called Jewish holiday that has nothing to do with our Lord and Savior? You know, so we're going to explore some of those things as far as how it was observed and why is it not in the Bible. Um, now the thing is too, um, it's, it's a lot of history that's involved uh, with this day and why we keep it. But <clears throat> just to start off, to uh, and actually I'm going to go because we're going to be referencing the Book of the Apocrypha. And for those of you who don't know, the Apocrypha was, you know, part of the original 1611 translation of the King James Bible. Okay, and you know it was taken out because people say that they weren't canonical or they weren't so-called divinely inspired. Yet it documents the time period of history that happened concerning the children of Israel from the end of the Medo-Persian Empire, which is, you know, around the time of uh, right before, you know, going into the Greek captivity, and then when the Romans came into power, which is what you see when they're in their full swing during the time period of our Lord and Savior Christ. So that's why you jump from the last book of the Old Testament where you have, you know, some of those older nations or whatever in power, and then all of a sudden, boom, Christ steps on the scene and is like, oh, well, where, where did he come from? How did the Romans come into power? What happened? You know. So, uh, you, you, Juan, do you want to add a little bit to that?
0: I, I certainly do because on that aspect of the show, um, just with the same conviction that we denounce the idolatry days, the idle, wicked feast days of this world that like we just had Thanksgiving, we denounce and we speak out on it, and we prove our people to come to repentance. It's a joy to do this show that that we are in the same regard It's just as how we denounce those days that we upholding and saying that you know this is a day that the heavenly father um has established for what um for his purpose, you know. And that not only just that it's not just about proving this day because the the bottom whole line goal of every show that we do is repentance and that preparing ourselves for the coming of Christ and the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. But just for this aspect of the feast, the dedication which um the world c- calls Hanukkah, the scriptures can lay out and can be proven what it is. You know, um, I, right. I just got a few ver- um verses if you mind, brother. Second no, Timothy. Okay, 2 Timothy chapter 3, and it's verse 16, and it reads, it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for, in, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So now, as you made the, the introduction of the books called Apocrypha, all you've got to do is just get any Bible, and go back, these these books are in the Bible. So now these scriptures that's in the Apocrypha, they're for inspiration of God. They're, for, they're, they're profitable for doctrine, for reproof, showing us right and wrong and correction and, and instruction on what is the right way to go. And then also First Thessalonians 5 and 21, it says, Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. So the scriptures tell us to prove before we do anything to believe in, to go in a way, It's got to be proof. And where's the proof? It's got to be in between the lines of Genesis, the Revelations, the words of the Heavenly Father. And if it's in there and the Heavenly Father says he's mandated or the Heavenly Father said don't do this, then that's where the proof is and that's what's right and that's what's wrong. Going back to you Hmm. now, brother. Actually,
2: I had a a scripture here that uh, I was ready to read and I seem to have uh, misplaced it, but I'll come back to it. But because um, I have a couple of scriptures that I had lined up, really I want to go to Saint John, chapter ten. I'm gonna read verses twenty two and twenty three, just to you know just go right off of what you just read as far as prove all things. Now, this is the book of Saint John, chapter chapter ten, verse twenty two. It says, and it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter, and Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. So we're reading in the scripture an account of our Lord being in Solomon's portion during the time period of the Feast of Dedication. And this is basically, that's basically what that word, Hanukkah, Hanukkah means. It means dedication. But um, the thing is is that, you know, when you read the, uh, the Bible, and I, I use that term loosely when I say the Bible because the Bible, as most of us know it, where you have basically, you know, Genesis, Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, all the way up to the book of Malachi, then the New Testament beginning with Matthew and ending with the book of Revelation, you won't see anything mentioned in there about the Feast of Dedication. And the reason being is because the Feast of Dedication, the history of it actually starts in Daniel. Okay, when you read in Daniel the eighth chapter, and I'm going to touch on that briefly because uh, what I may may do for uh, next week is actually put up a class that kind of goes into that history in detail. I'm still trying to work some things out with that. But um, we're going to touch on some of that history briefly because what I want to focus on this evening, you know, more so than the history aspect of it, is the things that were going on with our people at that time and how it's no different than today. Mm -hmm. As far as the customs that our people were (laughs) observing and following the other nations and going away from the Heavenly Father, but more importantly how the high holy days that are written of in the scriptures really were just a foreshadowing and it's and really symbolic of our Lord and Savior Christ. So um, you want to think just real quick, I want to go, I'm going to just touch in Daniel, the eighth chapter. And um, okay. what happened is that the Lord was showing Daniel a vision of some of the, the kingdoms that were, come, that were going to come into rulership, okay? And I'm going to just cut straight to the chase here for the sake of time. And I'm going to go to Daniel, chapter 8.
0: And, and you go there, brother Yeah,
2: go ahead you go there. Got one quick yeah. question Is the chat room open? Uh, Yes, it is I open the chat room uh, Go ahead and press your uh, page there Okay All right that, that was a
0: good continuum,
2: brother Okay, appreciate that Yeah, so I'm going to start in Daniel, the 8th chapter And um, I'm going to start I'm just going to read straight through From verses Hmm. I'm gonna start at. Uh, you know what? Oh, uh, you want? To, I'm gonna start at one, and I'm gonna read down all the way through to verse eleven. And I'm just gonna read Daniel this 18. straight through. Okay. okay. I'm gonna read it straight through. And um, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and read it. It says, uh, "This is Daniel eight and one." It says, In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared unto me, even unto me, Daniel, after that which appeared unto me at the first. And I saw in a vision, and it came to pass when I saw that it was at Shushan, excuse me, that I was in Shushan the palace, which is in the province of Elam. And I saw in a vision, and I was by the river Ulei. Then I lifted up mine eyes and saw, and behold, there stood before a river a ram which had two horns and the two horns were high, but one was higher than the other, and the higher came up last. I saw the ram pushing westward and northward and southward so that no beast might stand before him, neither was there any that could deliver out of his hand. But he did according to his will and became great. And I was considering, and as I was considering, behold, an he-goat came from the west on the face of the whole earth and touched not the ground, and the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. And he came to the ram that had, the, that had two horns, which I had seen standing before the river, and ran unto him in the fury of his power. And I saw him come close unto the ram, and he was moved with collar against him, and smote the ram and break his two horns. And there was no power in the ram to stand before him, but he cast him down to the ground and stamped upon him, and there was none that could deliver the ram out of his hand. Therefore the he-goat waxed very great, and when he was strong, the great horn was broken and for it shooting, and for it came up four note horns toward the four winds of heaven. And out of one of them came forth a little horn which waxed exceeding great towards the south, the east, and toward the pleasant land. And it waxed great even to the hosts of heaven, and it cast down some of the hosts, and of the stars and of the stars to the ground and stamped upon them So I'll read verse 11. It says, yea, he magnified himself even to the prince of the hosts, and by him the daily sacrifice was taken away, and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. So this sounds like, you know, for some people it's like, okay, well, what's that talking about? Well, let's read on. I'm going to jump down to verse 20 where Gabriel basically tells him what these animals were symbolic of and who they were. Before we go to the Apocrypha This is uh, Still in this book Daniel chapter 8 And Here we go verse 20 Where he says the ram which thou sawest Having two horns are the kings Of media and persia And the rough goat Excuse me Right and the rough goat is the king Of Grecia, and the great Horn is between his eyes And the great horn that is between his eyes Is the first king so that vision that Daniel saw, Gabriel came back and told him who those two coins who those two um who that, uh those uh goats and rams were and what they where they came from and what they would be doing. Okay. Right. Uh you wanna say you gotta before I go too far, you got anything that you wanted to add in? No, no, you are doing good, brother. I'm bringing okay. it up to the actual date, go ahead.
0: right.
2: Right. Because when you go into the Apocrypha and you read in the first book of Maccabees, chapter 1, it goes in to show you. I'm going to read this real quick. First Maccabees 1 and 1. It says, and it happened that after Alexander, son of Philip the Macedonian, who came out of the land of Kittim, had smitten Darius, king of Persians or the Persians and Medes, that he reigned in his stead the first over Greece. So this is showing you exactly the account First we read the prophecy in the book of Daniel And now we're reading Where those things are coming to pass In the first book of the Maccabees Okay
0: right. so, yeah, Can I just read that oh, verse yeah. again Daniel 8.21 It's the key point Daniel 8.21 it says And the rough goat is the king Of Grisha, and And the great horn that is between him Between his eyes Is the first king So that first king was the was who and it says here in First Maccabees the first um, chapter verse one. Um, I'm going to go down to the part. I'm going to read it and it says And it happened after that Alexander son of Philip the Macedonian who came out of the land of Shittim and smitten had smitten Darius king of the Persians and these that he reigned in his stead the first over Greece. Keyword mm-hmm. the first over Greece. In verse twenty in Daniel eight twenty one it says that what. Uh, uh, the, the rough gold is the king of Grecia, and the mm-hmm. great horn that is between his eyes is the first king. That first king, so we're talking about here, is uh, Philip, uh, I mean, um, Alexander, son of Philip. The world mm-hmm. Philip, the great, but it's Philip of Macedonia, the son of Philip. Alexander, the son of Philip.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they refer to him as Alexander the Greek, or Alexander the Great. That's who this is talking about. Now before we get too much into history What happens is that it goes into the whole history Of how when Alexander the Great was uh, going to pass That he divided up his kingdom amongst his four generals Which were Seleucus, Lysimachus, Ptolemy, Ptolemy, and Cassander And that's basically how that kingdom was divided up after he passed And then you have some time that passed Where those guys, those generals that had the rule of those areas of the original kingdom Okay Of the reign of Alexander They had sons Their sons had sons So forth and so on Until that one more notable horn That came up Who was named Antiochus Excuse me Whose surname was Antiochus Epiphanes Okay So What I'm going to do Because I'm jumping ahead here for the, Again for the sake of time Just to get the cut to the chase Because all of this is, is important with regards to the uh, dedication, the feast of the dedication, okay, because all of these These are, are the things were the events that led up to the temple being defiled and destroyed, and then Judas Maccabeus and his brothers, under the uh, under Mattathias, their father, leading the fight to rededicate the temple. Um, I want to stay in the book of First Maccabees, and hmm. I am going to. You know what? I'm gonna just keep reading from the first verse.
0: Okay. Could I throw a little piece in that um, this was a, a, a priest, Mattathias and his son, and mm-hmm. they took on the fight for Israel. And it wasn't about them being as great and to be held up as almighty men, but it was they were fighting for the heavenly father's law, statutes, and commandments, the right to keep them. Okay, I, I hope I'm not jumping the gun by this budget, but the, the 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 Greeks did not want us to keep the commandments of the heavenly father. Okay, and then mainly at this time, because like you said, there was wicked of our people, and then there was righteous, and it was like what side you wanted to be on. And these men fought to keep the law, statutes, and commandments. Their children alive, their wives alive, and their lives alive. That that was this whole fight was all about. And the commandments of the heavenly Father. That was it. Right. It wasn't about I'm great and we're going to destroy the Greeks, because they would have been satisfied serving the Greeks. Because this ain't the only time we was in captivity. But the thing is, they didn't want us to keep the commandments, partially because mainly because the wicked of our nation wanted to be like the Greeks. And then the other other reason is that was one reason, and the other reason they wanted to destroy us while they had the chance. So. On,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm going to just keep reading because um, and this is going to bring us up to where we get to Antio- Antiochus Epiphanes or God Manifest, as his name is so called translates to. I'm in uh, First Maccabees chapter 1, and I'm going to read verse 2 on down because this is still dealing with, um, excuse me, Phil uh, Alexander's Greek it says, and made many wars and won many strongholds and slew the kings of the earth and went through to the ends of the earth and took spoils of many nations, insomuch that the earth was quiet before him. Whereupon he was exalted and his heart was lifted up. He gathered a mighty strong host and ruled over countries and nations and kings who became tributaries unto him. After these things he fell sick and perceived that he should die. Wherefore he called his servants, such so as were honorable and had been brought up with him from his youth. And parted his kingdom among them while he was yet alive. So Alexander reigned twelve years, then died, and his servants bare rule everyone in his place. And after his death, they all put crowns upon themselves, so did their sons after them many years. And evils were multiplied in the earth. Now I want to put home in on that on that one point. It says that evils were multiplied in the earth. So we're reading the scriptures of what uh, the account of what happened when. Alexander, that Greek, reigned, and then before he passed, he basically parted his kingdom to his four generals. And it says, and they put the crowns upon their heads, meaning they took the rulership of those areas, and what? And their sons after them, their ruled in that place, and it says, and evils were multiplied in the earth. So this is just giving you an idea of some of the things, you know, that was going on as far as the evils that were multiplied in the earth, going into the idolatry, going into all of the fornication and the things that you see even now. Okay, in the so called latter Greco Roman Empire that we're in. Okay, so called the, the so-called US here, whatever. It's just an extension of the, uh, the Greco Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. And you see what's going on in this earth. I'm going to read on. Verse 10. It says, and, it can, and there came out of them a wicked root, Antiochus, some people say Antiochus. Antiochus, so named Epiphanes, son of Antiochus the king who had been hostage at Rome, and he reigned in the 137th year of the kingdom of the
3: Greeks. Mm-hmm.
2: Now, this is going into what you were talking about, Ioannica, uh, and this is one of the real points that I really want to, you know, just drive in on because this is what's relevant, not that all of it isn't, but this is what's relevant as far as repentance, because we're getting ready to see how our people dealt. It says, in those days, they're up. Uh, go ahead up, uh,
0: This one thing with that verse 10, also a key Mm -hmm. point, it started with Alexander, he reigned 12 years. Now at the end of verse 10, it says this guy come up, Antiochus, Antiochus, surname Epiphany, he reigned in what? The 137th year of the kingdom of the Greeks. So this this is the year 137th year of the rule of the Greek Empire. But it, now earlier it said that Alexander died 12 years after his reign, all right? So this is 125 right. years after Alexander, the, Philip, um, the son of Philip, the Macedonian, that the world calls mm-hmm. Alex, Alex the Great. This is 125 years later, just to show you that it's a big time lapse here. But it's all in description, yes, right. this, this point here. That, that's all I wanted to bring out, that it's 137th year of the Greeks, and then it was way after So it was many sons and stuff later after him And those four generals we talked about Over 125 mm-hmm. years that,
2: that was the point Right Because that's why when you look back Even in the secular, like this history itself You see there was one King Ptolemy, There was one more than one Alexander You know, just going down on more than one Seleucius. Okay So, just going back I'm in the book of First Maccabees Chapter 1, Emily, verse 11 It says, in those days there went out of Israel wicked men who persuaded many, saying, let us go and make a covenant with the heathen that are round about us, for since we departed from them, we have had much sorrow. So what you had is that, first of all, it says that there went wicked men out of Israel. And what were these wicked men seeking to do? They were seeking to make a covenant with the heathen, meaning the other nations. And mind you, this isn't a so-called peace treaty. Okay, they're talking about making a covenant. When it says make a covenant with the heathen, as we read down, i going to show you what they were talking about. Verse 12, it says, So this device pleased them well. Then certain of the people were so forward herein that they went to the king who gave them license to do after the ordinance of the heathen. So that covenant that they're going into is basically showing you that they wanted to be like the heathen and observe the customs of Of the heathen and follow the ways Of the heathen or the other nations
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Now see the Lord commanded us explicitly Not to follow their ways Because you got to understand when it says follow the ways Of the heathen you look at some of those Those uh, The Greek gods that they were worshipping These are the things that Our people were seeking to follow The sacrificing of swine flesh At that time under the Levitical priesthood When we were still sacrificing animals all of the lasciviousness and the fornication that the other nations were going into. That's what our people wanted to follow, and those were the things that were explicitly contrary to the commandments of the Heavenly Father. But that's why I said there were wicked men, but what? This device pleased them well. And they were so forward that what? They went to the king to get a license to do these things, which meant that when the people, all people that wanted to keep the commandments, when they came up against them, I was like, listen, you're not supposed to be doing this. This is what the Lord said. They'll do the same thing our people do. Hey, listen, we got a law. We got a, we got a letter from the king that said we got permission to do this so you can't stop us. See, our people want to lean in the word of man rather than the word of God as it pertains to righteousness. We want to follow the customs and the traditions of the heathen rather than follow what the Lord said in the Bible.
3: What's that up? I yeah,
0: said so that's right, bro Because that was it You you hit it right on the on the head But it says one scripture And I'm going to get it quick Jeremiah Go 17 ahead. and verse 9 it's, um, Where it says Cursed be the man who trusted in man Jeremiah chapter 17 mm-hmm. And yeah, here it is I got it Verse 5 It says in Jeremiah 17 and 5 Thus saith the Lord Cursed be the man that trusted in man and make it flesh as arm, and whose heart departed from the Lord. So now we're speaking no more those. Atro- yes, the atrocities happened to us by the hand of the Greeks. But now we're speaking about the wicked of our nation that says we don't want to do what the Lord says. To hell with that! Let's follow the customs of the Greeks. Let's get licenses to do what they want to do. This is for them, and for and, and and in our time it's the same thing for us. Who don't want to. Okay, we hear the Lord said, don't not the follow of Christmas, not Thanksgiving and many other days. Well, we're going to do it anyway. The Scripture says, thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and make flesh his arm, and whose heart departed from the Lord. As we're going to find out, that these people were cursed. And the things that happened to them were cursed because we didn't trust in the Lord for the wicked. And then for those who were serving the Lord, we still went through yet the same uh, uh uh, how can I tell you uh, Afflictions Because we as a people didn't want to do What the Lord said to do uh-huh. okay. and,
1: and and you, when you look understand.
2: at it, Yeah and when you look at it Some of the I mean the 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 gods Like the Greek god Zeus Okay or in Roman mythology uh, Jupiter These are some of the same gods that are around When you read in the book of Acts How they were worshipping Diana of Ephesus Okay, and how the people were emboldened to sacrifice and all that other stuff. Ain't they, they, nothing has changed because instead of worshiping so-called Nimrod or Jupiter or Zeus or the sun god Ra, whatever you want to call it, depending on which so-called nation was uh, in, in uh, power at the time, our people they what they call them Santa Claus now, but they didn't. I mean, people don't really understand the so-called significance of December twenty-fifth and all of the customs and things that go into it. Hey, why? It pleased them well. We just read it. Our people want to follow the customs of the heathen rather than follow what's written in the scriptures. But let's read on because it didn't stop there. It didn't stop there. I'm still in First Maccabees, chapter 1, and I'm going to start I'm restart, read verse 13 again. It says, Then certain of the people were so forward herein, that they went to the king who gave them license to do after the ordinances of the heathen, whereupon they built a place of exercise at Jerusalem according to the customs of the heathen. Mm-hmm. So, to would you care to go into detail about this place of exercise
0: that yes, the heathen that's, had? That's, that's, yeah, that place of exercise is, um, is first back to uh, what we now know as the gymnasiums, but not in the sense of where it would be a tennis court or a basketball court, or or something like that, they would be in there, um, they would have bathhouses, they would have different idols set up where they can go into these these, um, practices of idolatry and then go out to have their play of sport, whether it's orgies or whatever it may be, men with men, animals, men with animals or whatever, with kids, whatever it was, that's what they did in these places. And here it is, our people at this time, left off from what was right, chose rather to do the same story, just like in the wilderness, we want to go back to Egypt. But here, they wanted to stay in Greece, with the Greeks, and they wanted to do what they were doing. So it's the same spirit of rebellion, the same thing now, okay, because uh, the whole world comes out with commercials now. It's the most, what, wonderful time of the year and all this other stuff. Get you in a frenzy and thanking you, doing the right thing by serving these days of Christmas, New Year, Thanksgiving, Mother's Day, Father's Day, on and on and on and on. When these things are not in the scriptures, and if they're in the scriptures, the Lord says not to observe them.
3: hmm
2: Now, what I want here is really verse 2. Um, I'm going to read really 14, but I, what I want is verse 15. So I'm, First Maccabees chapter 1, verse 14. It says, whereupon they built a place of exercise at Jerusalem according to the customs of the heathen and made themselves uncircumcised and forsook the holy covenant and joined themselves to the heathen and were sold to do mischief. So this is very important, and this is why it's important to understand the history that's in the Bible. Because here you're talking about Israelites that were keeping the laws of Moses, okay, and who are physically circumcised. So if someone is physically circumcised, can you physically make yourself uncircumcised? No. No.
0: What, because that circumcision is the first foreskin of a man's loin taken off, okay? To be exact, it taken off the, fore, the, the, the head of his penis. That foreskin is taken off. That's the covenant that the Heavenly Father gave to Abraham, to his son, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Jacob's children.
2: Exactly. So when it says that they made themselves uncircumcised, it tells you exactly what that means. It says they forsook the holy covenant and joined themselves to the heathen and were sold to do mischief, meaning that whatever the Greeks were doing, that's what our people were doing. If the Greeks were laying down and having sex with animals, that's what our people were doing. If they were committing adultery, that's what our people were doing. If they were worshiping Jupiter and Saturn and everything else under the sun, that's what our people were doing Understand that Okay That's what it means when it says that they joined ourselves to the heathen It don't mean we're just holding hands And walking down the street That means just like you see now Whatever the other nations are doing That's what the children of the Lord Are taking joy in doing I want to read in Deuteronomy What the Lord said about That being uncircumcised Okay Chapter 10 verse 12 just to, go, just to go into further to show you What that uncircumcision is talking about It says and now Israel What did the Lord thy God require of thee But To fear the Lord thy God To walk in all his ways and to love him And to serve the Lord thy God With all thy heart and with all thy soul Hmm That sounds like the first great commandment that Christ uh, Spoke of But let's read on Verse 13 I'm still in chapter 10 it says to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for good. Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord thy God, the earth also with all that therein is. Only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers to love them, and he chose their seed after them, even you above all people as it is this day. And here's the punchline, verse 16. Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart, and be no more stiff-necked. So when our people went into following the customs of the other nations, that's what it means, they made themselves uncircumcised. But let me let me read another place. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 5 and 6. Actually, let me start up. And uh nope, that's what I want. 30 verses 5 and 6. It says, And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed, and thou shalt possess it and he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul that thou thou mayest live. So we see what that circumcision is going into. And the reason why it's so very important to understand that is that by the time you get to the Roman Empire being in rule, And Christ walking the face of the earth (laughs) That's a lot of time that had passed But this is where you see a lot of our people Going into adapting the Greek customs And the Greek ways And calling themselves after the name of the the Greeks Okay Which is why you had Those that were so called uncircumcised That you read about in the New Testament And those that were keeping the laws And following under the Levitical priesthood They were called what? The circumcision. Let's read on I'm going to jump back to uh, First Maccabees And I'm going to read up a little bit
3: Alright
2: Just to go into some of the things That were happening Which led up to the revolt Let me see I'm going to jump up to hmm. Oh here we go Mm
3: I'm going to
2: jump down a little bit And I'm going to read verse um, 41, just to go into more of what that uncircumcision is. This is 1 Maccabees 1, verse 41. It says, Moreover, King Antiochus wrote unto his whole kingdom that all should be one people. Mm, That sounds familiar. It says what? And everyone should leave his laws, so all the heathen agreed according to the commandment of the king. Yea, many also of the Israelites consented to his religion and sacrificed unto idols, and profane the Sabbath. It says, For the king has sent letters by messengers unto Jerusalem and to the cities of Judah that they should follow the strange laws of the land. But let's see what else. Verse 45. And for build burnt offerings and sacrifice and drink offerings in the temple, and that they should profane the Sabbaths and festival days, and pollute the sanctuary and holy people, set up altars and groves and chapels of idols, and sacrifice swines, flesh, and unclean beasts. And also verse 48, it says what? That they should also leave their children uncircumcised and make their souls abominable with all manner of uncleanness and profanation. To the end, they might forget the law and change all the ordinances. And whosoever would not do according to the commandment of the king, he said should die. So this is what our people were faced with. This is a history beating up to when Antiochus walks into the temple and they sacrificed the swine on the dog on altar.
0: Right, and it's and it wasn't like this was a a, a persuasion. No, the, the when it said in that verse uh, forty forty two, and everyone should leave his laws, so all the heathen agreed according to the commandment of the king. So the heathen there are the children that are not of the seed, that the nations of, that are not of the seed line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay, what is there. Babylonians, Edomites, whatever they were, okay. Egyptians, whatever, all, all those, they agreed to this. In verse 44, it says, 43, rather gay, many also of the Israelites consented to his religion and sacrificed unto idols and proclaimed the Sabbath, the wicked of our people. And then in 44, then the king, because of that, aided more and was like, look, let's make laws that if they, these Israelites that don't want to do this, We're talking with the remnant that chose to fear the Lord and keep the commandments. Now, Mm -hmm. here's where the problem problem was. Because, yeah, we were in captivity for our rebellion, but there was always a remnant that wanted to do what was right. And here's where Amios went off. Because he made laws that, look, if you want to do right, I'm going to kill you. And what I mean by do right was to keep the commandments, keep the Sabbath days, Teach our children the right, righteous ways to live, the, the dietary love, uh, all of those things, all of those, all of those things, and what was clean and wasn't, un, what was clean and what was unclean, all those things that we taught our children and stuff. He said, "Look, if we catch you doing it, we're gonna kill you." Okay, so yep. now this, and this right here, brings in this verse here, what King King David said years ago, way, way before this. Way before this happened And it said in Psalm chapter 37 and verse 25 He says I have been young and now am old Yet have mm-hmm. I not seen the, Yet have I not seen The righteous forsaken Nor his seed begging bread He is ever merciful and limited And his seed is blessed So now David was speaking of a righteous man That the heavenly father is not going to suggest And to protect and nourish That righteous man's soul. Well, here's what more children than the children of the Lord, the children of Israel, those that fear the Lord. Don't you think the Lord was going to look out for? And this is what all of this Hanukkah, as the world calls it, the dedication, as the scriptures call it, was all about. The Lord looking out for that remnant that wanted to fear the Lord and continue to keep his commandments. That would have been happy serving the Greeks, but just let us keep the commandments of the Heavenly Father. That was the downfall of Antiochus epiphanies, that wicked root. Exactly.
2: What you know. Exactly. It wasn't about no.
0: I just, I just, I know that the time of line is short on this class, but it was not about no light and one candle and all that type of crap, because that's not in the scriptures. That's why I say it's crap. But The scriptures are showing us what it was about. Here, this man wanted to kill the Israelites for wanting to keep the commandments, and if we catch you keeping the commandments, we gonna kill him Okay. But yet, there's more to the story as it's gonna unfold
2: on down this show. Go ahead, bro. hmm But now let's let's keep reading. I wanna jump ahead, I'm gonna jump ahead, I'm still in the first chapter, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna jump all the way to verse fifty nine. It right. says this is first Maccabees chapter one, verse fifty nine. It says now on the 5th and twentieth day of the month they did sacrifice upon the idol altar which was upon the altar of God. So what happened is you had the Greeks that came in the temple, okay, where at that time we were sacrificing for our sins, mind you. They put up their own idol on top of it. And now on the 25th twenty fifth day of this month, of that month, they came in and they wanted to what? Sacrifice upon that altar, this idol altar, which was upon the altar of God. And this ain't just a random bit. There was a significance about that day of the 25th and the month that they did it in. And that was the birthday, the birth date, the day that day they observed in honor of Jupiter. But let's read on. It says, "At which time, according to the commandment, they put to death certain women that had caused their children to be circumcised, and they hanged the infants about their necks and rifled their houses and slew them that had circumcised them." Howbeit, many in Israel were fully resolved and confirmed in themselves not to eat any unclean thing. Wherefore they chose rather to die, that they might not be defiled with meats, and that they might not profane the holy covenants. So then they died, and there was a very great and there was very great wrath upon Israel. So we're reading about the conditions and things that the Greeks were inflicting upon the children of Israel, forcing us to adopt their customs upon penalty of death. Right Okay
0: And, and can I yeah. Just, yeah go ahead I just want to add This one verse In here when me jump back To 1st Maccabees 1 and 54 Now the Now the 50th Day of the month catch In the In the 140 And 5th year They set up The abomination Of desolation Upon the altar And build Idle altars Throughout the city Of Judah On every side I just wanted To go to that Verse Because it's a Year reference It says The what The hundred and forty fifth year. The year of what? The Greeks. Okay, so now the, the reason why I'm I'm bringing this year up because as a, as a student of the word of the Heavenly Father you find out that this time period that um, what we're going to talk about is Mattathias' son and, and then after his son died, Simon of all his sons was left and then his son Simon had two sons. They took upon this fight for the law, statutes, and commandments of the Heavenly Father over a 32-year period that's recorded in the Scripture. But speaking mm-hmm. specifically of the Day of Peace and Dedication, that w- is going to be brought up again, because that day that you said on the, what was that, the 25th day of the month, Catholic? Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: yeah,
0: the
1: 25th yeah.
0: day,
2: yep.
0: Right. That's going to um, be brought up again. But th- just to let you know that this wasn't like a, a weekend war. This this. The whole battle to serve the Heavenly Father and to let the Greeks leave us alone to keep the commandments of the Heavenly Father. That battle took on for over 30 years. And then, again, we fell off again into wickedness. But then, again, Christ is here now. And it was all about keeping that light, that hope of repentance. And when Christ came, we all shall follow him now. Let's continue on, bro. All
2: right. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to just read the first part of uh, the second chapter here, just going into this is where the uprising uh, has began. Uh, this is 1 Maccabees chapter 2, verse 1. It says, In those days arose Mattathias, the son of John, the son of Simeon, a priest of the sons of Jordan, from Jerusalem, and dwelt in Modi." So if he's a priest, then that means that he's what? A tribe of Levi. Because when you go back, the only people that could be priests were those that were of the lineage of one of the forefathers, which was Levi. All right, so we're going to lead on.
0: Yeah, specifically of Levi, the sons of Aaron. Specifically of the tribe of Levi, but then they had to be a son of his seed line of the sons of Aaron. So your lineage on your male side had to be your father from Aaron on down was the sons of Aaron. Those were the priests. The tribe, and only the sons of Aaron, the the lineage of the sons of Aaron
2: could be um, a high priest as well. Um, Let me read on. This is verse 2. It says, And he had five sons Joannan called Caddis, Simon called Bathsheba, Judas who was called Maccabeus. I'm going to read that again. Judas who was called Maccabeus. Because a lot of people would say, Oh, yeah, the Maccabees, the Maccabees. I mean, it was only one Maccabee. Or Maccabeus, and that was Judas. Okay. Simon, it wasn't Simon and Maccabeus. Okay. It wasn't Joanne and Maccabeus. Apparently, Joanna was called Caddis. Simon was called Thassai. Judas, who was called Maccabeus. And I'm going to read on. Eleazar, called Aravan, and Jonathan, whose surname was Athos. So these are Mattathias's five sons. And what happened, as you read on, they tried to get Mattathias to basically set the tone by going up and being an example and coming up and sacrificing uh, swine's flesh to embolden the people to go against the laws of the Heavenly Father. But let's jump down. I'm going to jump to verse 19. It says, yeah. Then Mattathias answered and spake with a loud voice, Though all nations that are under the king's dominion obey him and fall away everyone from their religion from the religion of their fathers and give consent to his commandments, yet will I and my sons and my brethren walk in the covenant of our fathers. God forbid that we should forsake the law and the ordinances. We will not hearken to the king's words to go out to go from our religion, either on the right hand or the left. So Mattathias stood up, understanding what the penalty was for, for transgressing the law of the king. He would basically said, y'all can go to H-E-L-L. We're not doing none of that. Right. So, what happened? You had uh, somebody somebody else that wanted to get their shine come up. Oh, I'll sacrifice it. I'll do it. And what happened? Manifest put that dude to death. They put everybody to death that was going into that uh, idolatry, and then they fled. So, when you want to, think, you already hit on the point as far as like from the time of that uprising and all of the battles and everything that uh, took place over a time frame of uh, how many years did you say,
0: roughly? That whole time period, the scriptures speak of these battles going on over 32 years, 32 years, from uh, the, 150th, the 145th year of the Greeks to the 177th year. That's all noted in the first Maccabees, the book of the first Maccabees, a, a period of 32 years. Not speaking earlier that it was talking about mm-hmm. from Alexander on up, but, but the time of the wars and the time of fighting for the right to serve the Heavenly Father, 32 years.
2: Wow. That's longer than some people been alive. Right. <laughs> so what I'm gonna do, um actually, I think I'm gonna go I'm gonna take a short break. And when we come back, we're gonna read a little bit about what happened as far as um you know, how how they uh how they fought that battle and came back and rededicated the temple and everything. And then we're going to go into some of the so-called traditions and customs, because you had already gave them, had already given the, uh, our listeners a, uh, a not, not one, I don't want to call it a spoiler, but you gave them a little taste of what's to come as far as going into the things of you know spinning the dreidel and they call it a, some you know they call it the feast of lights, but you don't read that anywhere in any account of the scriptures regarding what happened with the feast of dedication. Okay. Eating fried foods and all, all these other customs. And, and now, because of so called, you know, the, the children uh, being jealous of the, the other people, the so called heathen, keeping Christmas and feeling left out, now they got a doggone, uh, what they call this thing, a Hanukkah tree or something. I don't know. It looks I almost wow. like a Christmas tree. You think this thing's just as bad as Kwanzaa. But anyway, so y'all hold tight and we'll be back shortly.
1: Body of Christ Church Radio Network broadcasts seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the B-O-C-C. Listen to our archive broadcasts or check us out while we are live on the air. Come and visit us in the virtual living room at 2 o'clock p.m. on Sundays where we examine current topics according to the scriptures. Are you looking for the truth? Can you handle the truth? Find out on Mondays at 8 o'clock p.m. It doesn't matter what church you attend or philosophy you believe. Take the challenge to see, are you smarter than your pastor on Tuesdays at 8 o'clock p.m.? The world is engrossed in darkness, but it shall be destroyed by the light. Check out From Darkness to Light at 7 o'clock p.m. on Wednesdays where all manner of witchcraft, occult practices, and Satanism is exposed for what it is. Before the light comes, it's time to awake on Thursdays at 8 o'clock p.m. If you are seeking salvation, listen to Repentance is the Key, Fridays at 7 o'clock p.m. And after you've listened to all of these shows, find out how we will become kings and priests Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock a.m. All shows are on Eastern Standard Time. Remember to check out The Body of Christ Church seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the B-O-C-C. That's blogtalkradio. dot com forward slash thebocc. Shalom. Connect with the Body of Christ Church on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash the B-O-C-C. Follow us on Twitter at the B-O-C-C and view our videos on youtube.com forward slash the B-O-C-C one. Link with us to learn more about repentance and salvation according to the Holy Bible. Remember what Christ said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls. We pray that the information on our pages guide you towards true repentance to the Heavenly Father in the name of Christ. Shalom.
2: Joining us, we'd like to welcome you back. And um, for, we were just going over the whole history of what led up to Antiochus Epiphanes coming in and committing genocide on the children of Israel for not coming, uh, not keeping his laws and his customs, and ultimately coming in and sacrificing, setting up an idol altar on the altar that we would sacrifice on for the remission of sins. Okay, that and this is mind you, this is before our Lord and Savior Christ came on the scene. And, I mean, it was just a bad time all the way around. That's an understatement. So we're going to jump ahead and go to how our people had fought back and had rededicated the temple. Um, So before I go into that, you want to add anything at the moment?
0: Right. I just want to add on to the fact of, okay, they came into Jerusalem and and destroyed the temple. And we're not speaking of the aspect of, all the temple, the temple, the temple, because... This wasn't the only time the matter of fact when Nebuchadnezzar came through there, when the Syrians mm-hmm. came through there, they raised it and destroyed it, and Ezra and Nehemiah rebuilt it different aspects, one did the wall, one did the temple, and then now, when they was living for a while and keeping the commandments and now these it happened here and then I just want to bring one more thing in, in what Christ said when he yeah, lived go ahead. In Jerusalem, and um He went to Jerusalem, and his his disciples were showing them the different parts of the temple. This is what he said in Matthew 24, uh, in verse 2. I'm going to get straight to verse 1 and 2, Matthew 24, verse 1 and 2. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things, verily I say unto you, there shall not be left. You know, one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. So even Christ, mm-hmm. he prophesied and said, look, this temple is going to be destroyed because it's not all about, it ain't even about the temple even now. It's about doing the righteous will, will of the Heavenly Father and following his will. And now that we have repentance, now I keep jumping now, because just to let the listeners know, we, we're we not saying the temple, the temple, the temple. Like you have strange people in our land now that bowing down, praying to the temple and all this other madness. We're not saying that, but we're just speaking on the issue that this day of feast of dedication that is spoken of in um, St. John 10 and 22, Christ went and, um, and on the feast, of, um, the dedication he went and he partook on that feast day just to show that this, this day is in the Scriptures and it is a high holy day of the Lord, even though it's not in Leviticus the 23rd chapter. So right. that's the because
2: point we wanted to bring on. I'm glad you mentioned that point because there were many times that the Lord had delivered us out of the hands of our enemies. You know, right. you had, uh but was um oh gosh. I'm thinking of uh Purim. Yeah uh the destruction of Nicanor. Right. Okay. Those are some those other two high holy days that we that, that are observed, but you don't see them in Leviticus the twenty third chapter because the Lord had delivered us in that in that um instance as well. So I'm going right, to so, uh,
0: jump. Uh, now, go ahead. I was going to say it's not about the temple or the temple. It's about mm-hmm. fearing the heavenly Father and 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 doing the will of the heavenly Father, which is repentance and following His Son Christ. And you said you was going to jump on into um, some of the uh, the acts of, of Judas yeah. and his brother. Okay, before you, yeah, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was uh, I was going to say before you you was gonna do that. I was just wanted to read are you gonna bring it up to Mattathias
2: or are you gonna skip past Mattathias? Uh well I just touched on Mattathias and okay. um I was just gonna pretty much just jump to the part where they had uh had already driven the back uh, Gorgias uh and the the, the the uh battle that took place in the valley and all of that and just go straight to the part where they were like basically uh sanctifying the temple again.
3: Oh okay.
0: Okay. Well, I just wanna say these two verses here, just to point of what happened. Yeah, what yeah, he yeah. thinks Mattathias said. This is the father mm-hmm. of Judas and his four brothers. Mattathias said this in First Maccabees chapter one and verse twenty seven and verse uh I'm gonna read verse twenty seven. It said first Maccabees chapter two, rather, verse twenty seven. First Maccabees two and twenty seven. And Manathias cried throughout the city with a loud voice, saying, Whosoever is zealous of the law and maintaineth the covenant, let him follow me. So that's what it was about. Anybody who was strong-willed to keep the commandments of the heavenly Father, Manathias said, Come follow me, because that's what we're going to be fighting for. Okay? And then now I'm just going to jump down to the point where the man was going to die. And I'm going to you, show you what he told his son. In the same chapter, 1st Maccabees, chapter 2, it says this, uh, verse 64, 2 and 64, it says, and I'm going to read on down, it says, verse 64, Wherefore ye, my sons, be valiant, and show yourselves men in behalf of the law, for by it shall you obtain glory. Okay? And then I'm going to jump down uh Verse sixty seven. It says, Take also unto you all those that observe the law and avenge ye the wrong of your people. Verse sixty eight, recompense fully the heathen and take heed to the commandments of the law. So he blessed them and was gathered to his father. Then he died. So the point here, he didn't he was like, Look, wear the nicest clothes, y'all strike, y'all look great to be great. He was telling them to do this for the law, do this for the commandments. Y'all always only keep people around you that want to keep the commandments and fear the Lord because at this time, this is all they knew. This is what it was all about. It wasn't about no candle lights. It was about, look, keep our children alive, let them grow up. We're going to fight for them to live in our wives and our brethren so that we can serve the Lord, so that we can serve the Lord. That was all of this was fighting and war was about for the children of Israel, that remnant, that fear the Lord, that they can keep fearing the Lord by doing his will like we all ought to do now, repent and follow his son Christ.
2: That was it, bro. Mm. That was a good point. Okay. So now we're going to jump up to First Maccabees, the fourth chapter. And let me see here. I'm going to start at verse 35, and I'm going to just read you straight down because this is basically going into the whole thing of towards the, the last battle that they fought where they actually got the temple back and started to restore it when, they, when the high holy day was instituted. So in the first Maccabees, chapter 4, and the am going to verse 35. It says, Now when Lysias saw his army put to flight, and the manliness of Judas's soldiers and how they were ready either to live or die valiantly, he went into Antiochia and gathered together a company of strangers, and having made his army greater than it was, he proposed to come again into Judea. Then said Judas and his brethren, Behold, our enemies are discomfited, Let us go up to cleanse and dedicate the sanctuary. Upon this, all the hosts assembled themselves together and went up into into Mount Sion. And when they saw the sanctuary desolate and the altar profaned and the gates burned up and the shrubs growing in the courts as in a forest or in one of the mountains, yea, and the priest chambers pulled down, they rent their clothes and made great lamentation and cast ashes upon their heads. Because mind you, uh, before we went to break, uh, you wanted to you brought out that this has been a, a period of more than thirty years from the time they sacked Jerusalem and started tearing down stuff and putting their own people in the land and sacrificing swine's flesh and and killing up the people.
0: Well, just so to, so uh, to be clear, got some, yeah, go ahead. Just to be clear, not from the time they started doing this, but that whole time period in, in the time right. of all of this was—you remember—that's about a year from the time they did they. they uh, polluted it to the time they cleansed it You know okay. but I was saying the whole fight for keeping the Lord's Commandments that it was recorded Over all these battles that these men Took was over a 30 year period That was okay. It right. was, was okay
2: Okay good glad you put that up So I'm in uh, Verse um, third, I'm in verse 38 again It says and when they saw the sanctuary Desolate and the altar profaned, And the gates burned up and the shrubs Growing in the courts as in a forest "'or in one of the mountains, yea, and the priest's chambers pulled down, "'they rent their clothes and made great lamentation and cast ashes upon their heads, "'and fell down flat to the ground upon their faces, "'and blew an alarm with the trumpets and cried toward heaven. "'Then Judas appointed certain men to fight against those that were in the fortress "'until he had cleansed the sanctuary. "'So he chose priests of blameless conversation, "'such as had pleasure in the law, who cleansed the sanctuary,' and bear out the defiled stones into an unclean place. And when they consulted what to do with the altar of burnt offerings, which was profane, they thought it best to pull it down, lest it should be a reproach to them, because the heathen had defiled it, wherefore they pulled it down, and laid up the stones in the mountain of the temple in a convenient place, until there should come a prophet to show what should be done with them. Then they took took whole stones according to the law, and built a new altar according to the former And made up the sanctuary And the things that were within the temple And hallowed the courts They made also new holy vessels And into the temple They brought the candlestick And the altar of burnt offerings And of incense and the table So people can read back in like I think it's like Leviticus And Exodus and Numbers Where it goes in the detail of all of those things And those vessels that were made For the temple originally so these are all the things that they're bringing back into the temple after they cleanse it and they're rededicate it, refurnishing it with the, um, with the items and stuff for the service. Verse, um, where did I stop at? Verse 48. <clears throat> I'll start 47. It says what? That they took whole stones according to the law and built a new altar according to the former and made up the sanctuary and the things that were within the temple and how were the courts. They made also new holy vessels, and into the temple they brought the candlestick, and the altar of burnt offerings, and of incense, and the table. And upon the altar they burnt incense, and the lamps that were upon the candlestick they lighted, that they might give light in the temple. Furthermore, they set the loaves upon the table, and spread out the veils, and furnished all the works which they had begun to make. Now, when you read 1st and 2nd Maccabees, which documents and shows you the history of the things that took place and how Hanukkah or the Feast of Dedication came about. As Juan had already mentioned, you don't read anything in here about a day's worth of oil that was sealed up that hadn't been defiled by the heathen, and they lit it and he saved it stayed lit for eight days because eight days was the time it took to make more oil. You don't read any of that. Okay, you don't read anything in here about them playing with a dreidel or any of those other things. Now, it was customary that on feast days, and we'll get into that as I read down, that, you know, people sent gifts to each other because that happens on Passover or any of the other high holy days, okay, how they made a feast, okay, those things you can read about. But you won't read about any of those other things that have become a custom, if you will, of what some people know today as the feast of lights, you don't even see anything about a feast of lights. Okay, I want to read a scripture real quick because the Lord knew that our people were always trying to go into something other than what we were supposed to be dealing with. I want to go to, excuse me, Second Timothy chapter four verse three. It says that what? Actually, you know what? I'm going to start in verse 1 and read down. 2 Timothy 4 and 1, he says, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Because you read the scripture earlier about proving all things. So that's what we're doing. We're having to read the scriptures, and we're having to reprove. We're having to rebuke, meaning we're having to correct all of the lies, exhort with all long-suffering doctrine, meaning what? Encourage the people. These are the things that the scripture says. These are the things that the Lord told us to have hope in. These are the things that we're supposed to follow because that's according to the word of God, and this is what repentance through Christ is dealing with. That's the exhortation because... It's an important thing in it where it says with all long-suffering and doctrine because, mind you, it takes a while to really grasp, your, uh, to, you know, get a grasp of a concept of, of a lot of these things. And even when it goes, deals with uh, just the uh, so-called small matters of repentance, repentance is not a one-time thing. It's a daily thing, okay? It's a constant battle, which means that, well, it's going to require us to have a lot of patience, it's going to have, require us to have a lot of charity. It's going to require us to have a lot of temperance. So that's where that exhortation comes in. It's like, okay, what? We have to get that reaffirmation, and we have to get reinforced. We have to get encouraged because the Lord always has our back if we're willing. But well, let me read on. I'm back in Second Timothy 4 and 2 where it says, Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, Exhort with all suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Because some people, they have an itch to, have an itch to say, you know what? December 25th is the birthday of Jesus. Well, we know it's not the birthday of Jesus, but this is what we're going to make it up. So what do they do? They find teachers that are going to scratch their itch. You have some people that says, well, I can go and have a one-night stand and the Lord will forgive me over 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 and over and over and over and over and over and over again. That's not repentance. But there are preachers and churches out there that hold fast to that doctrine, and people will go to those places to have that itch scratched. That's not repentance. So let's read on. It says that what? And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. So our people are sitting here believing fairy tales. They're believing fables. They're believing the traditions of man instead of what's written in the scriptures. And Christ didn't come to have us turn into fables and traditions. He came to give us the commandments and repentance. And more importantly, he showed us how to keep those things. So I'm going to jump back real quick to Maccabees. Let me uh, do a time check here real quick. Okay. Give me a second. Anyone, if you are, while I'm adjusting the time here, you can go ahead and um, touch on a, a few things if you like.
0: Okay. Um, you you stopped on the point uh, the brother was bringing out that they and Maccabees First Maccabees chapter 4, uh, they, they were re-cleansing the temple of the Heavenly Father. Okay. Mm-hmm. Verse, four, verse 48, as it reads in First Maccabees four forty-eight, they made up the sanctuary and the things that were within the temple and hollowed the courts. And in verse 49, they made also new holy vessels, and into the temple they brought the candlestick and the altar of burnt offerings And of incense and the table So they brought in different things That the Heavenly Father um, Under the Levitical laws under the time of when we were doing sacrifices These things were there They're they're Mm -hmm. not there now We're not doing that stuff now Because Christ is our sacrifice We're understanding that But we're reading these things To bring out the point How the Heavenly Father at this time um, Gave us a day of um, dedication Okay Uh, Verse 50 um, it says, um, and upon the altar they burned incense, and the lamps that were on the candlestick they lit it, lighted, and they that they might give light into the temple. Uh, Fifty one. Furthermore, they set the loaves upon the table and spread out the veils and finished all the works that they had begun to make. Now, this is the point that I wanted to get at, because all of those are different ordinances that you know are uh, dealing with repentance. It, it's not for mm-hmm. us to. Get into into yeah the temple and the and the all the, and, the, and the veil and everything was was there. I just want to get to this point, verse 52. It says, Now on the 5th and 20th day of the month, which is called the month castle in the in the 148th year, they rose up in times in the morning, and in verse 53, and offered sacrifice according to the law upon the new altar of burnt offerings which they had made. Fifty-four. Look at what time and what day the heathen have profaned it. Even in death, was it dedicated with songs and systems and harps and symbols. So, the the twenty-fifth day of the ninth month, class, cashmere, It says specifically here in 148 hundred and forty-eighth year, it, it was rededicated. The temple was rededicated to the Lord. I'm going to go back to mm-hmm. First, First Maccabees. Verse 54 It says now the fifth. Now In First Maccabees 154 Now the 50th day of the month Catholic In the 145th year They set up the Abomination of desolation Upon the altar and build idols Out of altars Throughout the cities of Judah on every side Now I'm going to jump down to 59 That was what year the 145th year And it says in fifty verse 59 Chapter 1 verse 59 now, the five and 20th day of the month, they did sacrifice on the idol altar, which is upon the altar of God. So the day that they went up to the temple of the Lord, the, the altar of God, was on the 25th mm-hmm. day, but it was on the 145th year. Now, when we read in Chapter 4, it was the 148th year. So it was three years later, and on that same day that it was um, defiled, they, had, they rededicated, they cleansed it and rededicated it back to the Heavenly Father on that same day three years later. A hundred and forty eight years to be exact. Just to, just, to be clear and yeah, just to be clear on the on the historical side. Now on the repentance side, you know, that was one thing, but now what we're gonna do with it now, we're gonna we're not going back to to say, look, we got the altar now and we're gonna keep the temple. No, it's about Christ. Because that's what that's who our shepherd is. And we are his sheep and we do what he says. So it was about this day, it's the day of the Lord, okay, but now more importantly, the Lord brought his son for us so so that his body is our sacrifice. And now we have to put off all the dead works and put on the righteous will of the Heavenly Father to do what Christ commanded us to do.
2: I'm glad you brought that out because I'm a going to jump to, um, I'm going to read the end of this chapter. And uh, all the way to the end, and I might go to Second Maccabees chapter 10 and read verses 1 through 9, going into, you know, how the feast was kept. And the whole thing, because even with, the, you know, this feast here with the dedication of the altar, you know, all of those things, now that Christ has come on the scene and we look back and we see that, what, all of those things were symbolic of Christ when you look at the Passover. I said that what? Even our, even our Lord is what? He's uh, our Passover who was sacrificed for us. He was the lamb that was sacrificed for our sins. All of those high holy days, the day of atonement. Okay? But I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because I want to wrap up here dealing with how the feast was kept and when it came into uh, came into uh, being. And then I want to jump into the thing going into Christ because I'm going to go to uh, the book of Hebrews. Cause the book of Hebrews does a very good job of explaining how all of these things prior to our Lord coming and giving his life for us were what? A foreshadowing. Okay. So I'm going to read back in Maccabees. i been going excuse me, chapter 4. And um, I'm going to start back because you already read all the way down to 54. So I'm going to start in uh, verse 55. It says, then all the people, this is chapter 4, verse 55, and all the people fell upon their faces, worshiping and praising God of heaven, who had given them good success. And so they kept the dedication of the altar eight days, and offered, burnt sacrifices, excuse me, and offered burnt offerings with gladness, and sacrificed the sacrifice of deliverance and praise. They decked also the forefront of the temple with crowns of gold, and with shields, and the gates and the chambers they renewed, and hanged doors upon them. Thus there was, a, there was very great gladness upon, among the people, for that the reproach of the heathen was put away. Moreover, Judas and his brethren with the whole congregation of Israel ordained that the days of the dedication of the altar should be kept in their season from year to year by the space of eight days, from the five-and-twentieth day of the month, with mirth and gladness. So this is showing you why they kept the feast and how they kept it and the time frame and everything. So they kept it what eight days from the twenty from the twenty fifth day and eight days after that. Um, just real quick, because we got we got we got plenty of time. Uh, I want to jump to uh, Second Maccabees, and I'm gonna read in chapter ten, verses one through nine. Okay, this is Second Maccabees, chapter ten, verse one. Now my page my pages. All right, here we go. It says, oh, no, I'm in the wrong chapter. Give me a second here. Yeah. All right. right, Second Maccabees chapter 10 and verse 1. And I'm only reading verses 1 through 9. It says, Now Maccabeus and his company, showing you again that the Maccabees is talking about Judas and not everyone, not his other brothers. It's saying Maccabeus and his company. It says, The Lord guiding them recovered the temple and the city. But the altars which the heathen had built in the open street, and also the chapels, they pulled down. And having cleansed the temple, they made another altar, and striking stones, they took fire out of them, and offered a sacrifice after two years, and set forth incense, and lights, and shoebread. When that was done, they fell flat down, and besought the Lord that they might come no more into such troubles. But if they sinned any more against him, that he himself would chasten them with mercy, and that they might not be delivered unto the blasphemous and barbarous nations. Wow. Now, that's saying a lot. So our people were praying that, listen, Lord, if we fall into sin, we rather you chasten us than let us fall into the hands of the other nations. Because we read some of the things that the other nations were doing. They were killing the babies, killing the women, stringing the babies up by the neck, killing the people that were circumcising the, 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 baby, the uh, male children, okay, rifling the houses, Burning up the books. Cause that that's in there also. I mean, it was a whole it was a whole bunch of things that were going up, that was going on. So our people were praying to the Lord for mercy. Okay. Verse 5. Mm-hmm. It says, Now upon the same day that the strangers profaned the temple, on the very same day it was cleansed again, even the five and twentieth day of the same month, which is Caslo. And they kept eight days with gladness at the Feast of Tabernacles, remembering that not long before That they had held the Feast of Tabernacles, when as they wandered in the mountains and dens like beasts. Therefore they bare branches and fair bones and palms, excuse me, palms also, and sang psalms unto him that had given them good success in cleansing his place. They ordained also by common statute and decree that every year those days should be kept of the whole nation of the Jews. So the way that they kept it, basically, the first day was treated as a Sabbath, and the last day was treated as a, a Sabbath. Okay, meaning that the things that pertain to our, you know, a feast day like a new moon and things of that nature, you know, we could cook on those days, but we didn't do any buying or selling, or we didn't do, you know, we didn't do any work and things of that nature. So, having gone through the history of the Feast of Dedication, what what does that mean? Now that we're under the New Testament, because, you know, some people will say, oh, well, I don't went through all that, but that's Old Testament. It ain't got nothing to do with the Lord. Well, I'm going to go right back to the scripture that I read in St. John 10 and 22. And we don't really see what it means about these high holy days as it pertains to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. St. John 10, 22. And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. So we're reading here that our Lord observed the Feast of Dedication. And I guarantee you that he knew the history of it. Mm -hmm. Our people knew what that history was about and what our people went through when they rededicated that temple. But the Lord already told us, and you read it earlier, about how when the Romans besieged Jerusalem, and this is around 70 A.D., how mm-hmm. the whole place would be brought
0: to the ground. Right. Go ahead. Right. He, he told him there's going to just, not one stone left on another. You can't get no clearer than that because the temple was big. So it was going to be level. It was going to be like bedrock. Why? Because we was not really doing the will of the Heavenly Father. We wouldn't come here. The Messiah come, and then the, 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 the elders, the scribes of our people that had the responsibility and the priest had the responsibility of keeping that temple, killed the Messiah, the one that the scripture spoke of. Out of even out of our mouth Jacob when he blessed the sons, Shiloh. That one was Shiloh Jesus Christ came, they rejected him. So mm-hmm. the Heavenly Father don't care about buildings and everything. The Heavenly Father cares about us keeping the commandments and the repenting and coming back and fo- and chiefly following his son Jesus Christ. I'm going to say it again, following the one that sits on the right hand of the Father. It says the only begotten Son of the Father. Why? Because he was going to show us how we can also become as children of Israel, sons and daughters of the most high, when that kingdom that's promised to Christ will be here on this earth. You know, and that's that's the big thing there, bro. That's the big thing. Getting ready for that kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. That's what we teach it now. Repentance.
2: Exactly. Because I want to go to the book of Hebrews, and this is probably this is pretty much where I'm going to wrap up. I want to go to Hebrews chapter nine, and I'm going to start in verse one, because this is basically this goes into the whole thing of describing or expounding about you know what the tabernacle was and the symbolic the symbolism of the the sacrifice and all of that. Okay. Because we serve, you go back and you read through that history, man. The only way before Christ came, the only way that we could repent okay, I have a remission for our sins, was to sacrifice animals. Okay, and in certain cases, in sins such as adultery or witchcraft or things of that nature, (laughs) or fornication, you were the sacrifice, meaning you got put to death. But now that our Lord has come, it's like, listen, that judgment, we have a state of that judgment, meaning that those sins that we commit now in our ignorance, The Lord is not going to require us to be put to death. He's going to give us an opportunity to get it right. So I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 1. It says, Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. This is the dedication that we read about in 1 Maccabees, going into that temple. That's the worldly sanctuary. The divine services going into the order of the Levitical priesthood, how they had the morning sacrifice. They had the evening sacrifice. They had a sacrifice on the Sabbath. They had certain sacrifices that they offered up on certain high holy days. They had a sacrifice that only the high priest could offer on the Day of Atonement once a year. So all of these things pertain to the first covenant, and it's going to explain that. So I'm in Hebrews 9, I'm in verse 2 now. It says, For there was a tabernacle made, the first wherein was the candlestick and the table and the shoe which is called the sanctuary. Again, we just read about that in First Maccabees, that was rededicated. First, I'm going to jump from there down to verse 8. Still dealing with that whole sanctuary. It says, The Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all, was not yet made manifest, while the first tabernacle was yet standing. So this is going to explain what that temple was symbolic of and why we don't have any regard for it now as far as the physical building. We still observe the day. We still observe a piece of dedication, but we understand now, we have a much better understanding now of what it's going into. So I'm in Hebrews, the book of uh, of Hebrews chapter 9, and I jump down from 2 to verse 8. It says, The Holy Ghost did signify that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. Because all throughout the scriptures in the Old Testament, you will read how the Lord said what? Cleanse your mind. We read earlier how he said, told us to what? Circumcise the foreskins of your heart.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Because if I'm an adulterer, or if I'm a fornicator, or if I'm committing a sin, or something that I could sacrifice an animal for That's just saying okay How many goats I got Okay that's how many times I can commit this sin How many turtle doves I got what, Hold on what's the sacrifice offering for, for this sin Okay that's how many times I can commit this sin Because that's the mentality that our people had Under the old covenant And sadly that's the mentality that a lot of our people have In a lot of these so-called Christian churches I call them so-called because they that doctrine that they teach is not of Christ. That's of Satan. I can go out and keep having a one sin, and the Lord is forgive me. You don't read that nowhere in the scriptures. I can bear hatred in my heart against my brother without cause and not deal with him and to rectify it and the Lord still loves me. The Lord still shows favor on me. You can't do that. That's not in the scriptures. But let's read on. So... I'm back in Hebrews 9 and 9, it says, Which was a figure for the times then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscious, which stood only in meats and drinks and diverse washings and carnal ordinances, imposed on them until the time of reformation. Because, see, a lot of people trip up about the carnal ordinances by saying, see, those carnal ordinances, see, that's talking about, it, it ain't talking about the high holy days. It ain't talking about the dietary laws. It ain't talking about keeping the Lord's Sabbath. We're speaking in t- context here of those things pertaining to the temple and Levitical priesthood. And how we were receiving salvation and remission of sins. That's what it pertains to. And it says what? These things were imposed on us until the time of reformation, meaning what? To reform something means to form it again and make it better. Going into what? The new covenant. Verse eleven. It says, but Christ, Christ, being come in high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Because, see, this is referencing uh, specifically Day of Atonement, where the high priest alone would go in once a year To offer up sacrifices for himself And the rest of the nation And we would have a clean slate Well they were saying listen That whole thing about a clean slate Our Lord Savior Christ did that for us With his, his own body and blood So it ain't about this building anymore Which is why When I see all of the things That our people went through To hold fast to that temple Now that the Lord came They didn't want to let that thing go what you mean, this is the only way we can receive salvation? Listen, the one that the scriptures prophesied of is here. Our Redeemer is here. You want to hear yeah. something?
0: St. Right John 3, St. John 3 and 18. Can you hear me?
2: Yep, loud and clear.
0: Okay, he says this. He that believeth on him is not condemned. This is Christ speaking in it. And he says, if you believe on the one the Lord says to come, you're not condemned. What does it mean to believe? It? And it's showing you he didn't even big up himself. He said he knew he was the Messiah. It says he that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now, we're not going to be like the world. You've got to believe in the name, the name, the name. What Christ meant by the name is Okay, he is the Messiah. The Messiah had a doctrine from the Father, and that, and that doctrine, that's the, when it says the name going into those things Christ said for us to do. That's what it says that believe in the only begotten of the Son, the name of Christ. That's that's what is going into the, the world. I, mean, I, I don't want to waste time in, in, in talking about what the world is, but, but the doctrine of, of the Christ and believing in his name is actually doing the things that Christ commanded us and told us to do it if you want to follow him, 19, verse 19. And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. They, they like that stuff, the, the temple, because that gave them a way out for to do whatever they wanted to do, not with Christ. Christ says, be a new creature. He says, leave off wickedness. He says, be ye perfect, following the example that I have. And then let's bring it up to 2012. Like I, I deal with a lot of brothers um, that's that's like scratching their heads and trying to figure out look what's going on in our communities, not just in Atlanta, not just in Chicago, but everywhere. Everywhere our people are, it's a it's a sect of people that's among every other people that just don't seem to get it. Okay, they 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 drive bys like they're playing tag with guns with they, the children. Okay the, the daughter is, is, is acting as if their whole life um, plan is to grow up to be a whore, okay? The, the adults are acting like animals and not children. Why? Because we left off from the Lord. And then the same people are saying, look, we don't want lip service. We want action. Well, the action is for us to follow the, the Son of the Heavenly Father. But like Christ says in 19, and this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. When the Christ mm. of the Bible that Christ that that can give us healing from all our, our wounds and our wicked iniquity that we're doing, like the things that I spoke of and different little parables of the, the tags, um, the gunplay with the kids, the women being whores if we put on the, the, the light of Christ, you know, that's our answer. But actually walk his ways and repent and turn. we don't want that. Because I uh, that's the answer. That's the answer to all our problems, but we don't want it. When you go to them and you like these different organizations, look, brothers, the way we can help our people is to look to tell them to turn back to the Father, by following like Jesus Christ of the Bible, not the Christ that's on grandma's wall, not the Christ in these churches, but the Christ that's found between Genesis and Revelation, and put on His doctrine, and, 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 and look at our brothers as ourselves, and turn it back and fear in the Lord. You know, we don't want to deal with that. That's the, that's the thing that we, uh, as a people, we don't want to deal with. So now we're always a reproach, a stung, and a an awe scoring wherever we're at among all nations. The children of Israel may be going by the different by words, by words, but because of our rejection of Christ, this is why we yet still the condition we're in. The answer is before us, but we don't want it.
2: Actually, I'm I'm going to read a scripture going right in on that before I go back to Hebrews. This is the book of Mark, chapter 7, and this is the Lord speaking. He was speaking to the leaders of our people. Just like you look at the leaders of our people now, they will try to deal with the social ills that plague our community with everything except for what the Lord told us to deal with. Mark 7 and 7. How be it in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men, because you look at all these, what, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, those are commandments of men. All these different philosophies our people are into, YOLO and all the commandments of men. That's not in the Bible.
1: Well, God loves me for who
2: I am, and God's love is unconditional. We don't read that anywhere in the Bible. The Scripture says, and this is love that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. But the Lord told them straight out, how be it in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines, meaning these are the things that we've all been taught as children, the so-called things that we're supposed to live by. This is what makes you a good person. But the Lord said, those were doctrines and commandments of men. He says, what? For laying aside the commandment of God, ye holdeth the tradition of men. Because he was dealing with the scribes and Pharisees on this, because they were holding to what? As the washing of pots and cups and many other such light things ye do. Because they were trying to nitpick at the Lord and his disciples for not washing their hands before they ate, saying that they were breaking the commandment. some made-up stuff, mm-hmm. and many other such light things ye do. Our people are the same way. But let's read on. Verse 9, And he said unto them, Full well you reject the commandment of God, that you may keep your own tradition. Because you can tell people up and down, listen, this whole thing about Christmas, that ain't nowhere in the Bible. The reason why these things come about is because the, paganism, the paganistic traditions have been uh, indoctrinated and infiltrated into our so-called Christian church.
0: Well, you know, it's for the kids. Listen,
2: what the white bunny rabbit and Easter eggs have to do with the crucifixion and resurrection of our Lord and Savior? Well, well, you know, it's about doing good to your fellow man. Oh, well They reject I Meaning they understand That it's a, a A fable Our people understand It's a lie But yet and still You want to try To so-called Nice it up And put the Lord's stamp on it Oh well you know It's, it's Jesus' wing Everybody Celebrate Halloween but We're going to celebrate Jesus' wing No No And no
0: So you. Let me, you know bro Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you, brother, off. But no, you're good. And 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 people make up all of these different. We're speaking of the day, the 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 day of um, that feast of dedication, Hanukkah, as when the heavenly Father delivered us out of the hand of the Greeks, that is of the Lord. And now we and everything Christ is the author and finisher. He is the um, the Alpha and Omega of our faith, the Christ of the Bible. And when people say Things like, well, you know, it's about, you know, we just wanted to serve this day because it's the birthday of the Lord, and it's nowhere in the scriptures. And if yet you say you serve Christ, did not Christ on the last supper say this? And say in Matthew's the twenty sixth chapter, he said this. He says that in uh, uh, Matthew's ten and verse twenty six. I'm going to read this. It says, and as they were eating, Jesus took. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and braced it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many of the remissions of sins. Okay, so this is what Christ was giving us, okay? Did Christ say anything about, look, take my birthday, all right? All right, and set it up around whatever, Christmas or uh, December as we know it now. And this is what you're going to remember me by. Okay, take the Easter eggs and, and that's what you're going to remember me by. No. Because it, here, Christ has said, look, you do this in remembrance of me till I come. It's written, the same thing is written in First Corinthians. I'm going to get it more clearer. First Corinthians, the 11th chapter. First Corinthians 11 is about at verse 27. I'm gonna get straight to the point <clears throat> I'm gonna to go to uh first Corinthians eleven, and I'm going to read verse twenty seven actually verse twenty six it says, "For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he comes. So that's what it's about understanding that Jesus Christ died for us to get off our hinds wicked selves right, okay mm-hmm. and then what? We're gonna we're gonna drink this blood and eat this um, the, um, the the drink and the bread till he comes because we understand it, that the heavenly father is going to set Christ's kingdom here on earth. So I'm reading it again, verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Where, verse 27. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, shall be guilty and Of the body and blood of the Lord So let a man examine himself So let him eat of that cup and drink Eat of that bread And drink of that cup So it was all about Remembrance of Christ And look you can partake in it But we're all going to answer on that judgment day Okay and the heavenly father is going to Deem us worthy or unworthy But that's what Christ commanded us To remember him by This do in remembrance of me in verse, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to read verse 25 now yeah, go ahead After the same manner Also he took the cup whom he had sucked, When he had supped Saying, this cup is the New Testament In my blood This do ye as oft as ye drink it In remembrance of me So if you want to remember Christ Take on the, the blood I mean the, the cup and the bread Eat the body and blood of Christ And, and understand that the fictions That he took upon us was for us to turn back to the no, a lot not for us to set up gifts and all these other things and, and, and melt it down into different pagan idol worships of today. That's, that stuff is all. But you say, oh, we love Christ and all, you know. So that's the thing that the point that I was bringing was that we say everything is in remembrance of Christ, which is hogwash because Christ is showing us, if you want to remember me, this is how you do it, by repentance and taking over what, the blood, the body, and blood of Christ, and understanding the affliction. This is the Christ went through affliction. And for us to want to sit down and talk about the Monica Harry or talk about some fat Christmas Santa Claus coming in, some chimney that half of us don't have a chimney, and feeding that mess to our children, that's atrocity. And that's blasphemy of the Scriptures, and that's what? Sin in the sight of the Father. And it's taking Christ's death. Right. Don't forget, Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa, you ain't getting away. That's right, and, and crazy car the quantum dude. That's all madness. And it's time for us to to pick up these scriptures and deal with those, with with the understand sound doctrine, with proof. We, what we what we brought up the scripture punch, scripture brings up proof. If we deal with that, then that's the beginning of what's right. The words of Christ. Going back to you, Abaji.
2: I'm going to jump right back to Hebrews 10, and I'm going to come right back to the, because uh, there's a couple of things I want to touch before we uh, close out. Because I'm still dealing with this whole temple thing and going into mm-hmm. the, the understanding of that yeah. we have now in Christ regarding keeping the entire holy days. So since we dealing with the sheep of dedication, because they what? They fought back the heathens. They died for, their, for the keep the commandments of the Heavenly Father. So now that the Lord has left, he's saying, listen, the temple is gone. Yeah, you know, scriptures already showed us listen, the holiest the holies, that's in the heavens where the Lord is sitting with the Father right now. Mm-hmm. So we do have a seal, and I'm gonna get to that in a second. Hebrews chapter ten, and I'm gonna read verses five through twelve. It says, Wherefore when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, for a body hast thou prepared me talking about the Lord dying on the cross. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast no pleasure. Then said I, lo, I come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. Because, see, people don't understand. The Lord has been in this book from Genesis all the way through to the, to the last verse, the last word of Revelation where he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. See throughout this whole Bible. It ain't just pop up in the book of Matthew. The Lord was there from the beginning. So that's why it says, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. To do what? Let's read on. To do thy will, O God. Verse mm-hmm. 8. But when he said, sacrifice and offering and burnt offering, and offering for sin, thou wouldest not, neither hast pleasure therein which are offered by the law. So even before Christ came, it wasn't about us offering up all of the sacrifices for our sins. Because the Lord would rather us keep the commandments rather than having a sacrifice. That was the whole point. And that's why the Lord came. It's like, listen, you're not going to hide an evil heart or an evil mind behind a dead animal anymore. Because that was the mentality under the Old Testament. As long as I got enough animals to sacrifice or as long as I don't touch it, as long as I don't physically put my hand on my brother, then I'm fine. The Lord said, no, you don't have a cloak for your maliciousness anymore. That's gone. Either you're going to come to Rick, you ain't coming at all. Either you're going to cleanse our hearts and truly repent out of sincerity by following the example of Christ, or we're going to be destroyed. That's just, that's, we can't give any more pain than that. Right. I'm going to finish up in Hebrews, and I'm going to jump to, um, I had a couple of scriptures I was going to jump to. I was going to go to uh, this reference, Romans 6. Because see, the other thing too, is that a lot of people want to go into this whole thing. Well, see, the temple going, that mean it's all going too. So they want to throw the dietary laws in there. They want to throw the Sabbath in there. They want to throw all of the things that pertain to how we're supposed to conduct ourselves in there. Oh, well, God is love. I can love a man like I love a woman. As long as you love, you got to love. That falls up under fornication, and those are things that we have to repent from. But people don't understand when they read, like in 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, about nailing it to his cross. I wasn't talking about he nailed adultery to the cross so that we can be adulterers. I wasn't talking about he nailed fornication to the cross. He nailed being an idolater to the cross. He nailed uh, having an evil eye and having hatred towards our brothers to the cross. Those things weren't nailed to the cross. Our sin. The transgressions of those things were nailed to the cross. Let me get that in a second. Because I'm still in Hebrews, the 10th chapter, where he says the what? I mean, he's 10 and 8. It says above when he said, Sacrifice an offering and burnt offerings, and offering for sin, thou wouldest not. Neither hast pleasure therein which are offered by the law. Then he said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. Talking about the covenants. Because the first covenant was dealing with the Levitical order, the priesthood, and animal sacrifice. The second covenant is dealing with the sacrifice and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Christ and how we still have to keep some of those commandments as it pertains to the Sabbath, as it pertains to the dietary laws, as it pertains to how our husband deals with his wife and vice versa, how we deal with each other. All of those things are still in force just that now we're not sacrificing animals. Now we have the Lord to lean upon, meaning that he left us an example of how to conduct ourselves. He left us an example of how we're supposed to do these things, and that's what we're to follow. So that's why he took away the first that he may establish the second. Verse 10, it says, by the which will, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So there's no more animal sacrifice. I'm going to read these last two verses before I jump to the next next scripture. Because it says, And every priest standeth daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one, one sacrifice for sins forever sat down on the right hand of God. So this is why we have to follow Christ. Okay. And no, the laws are not done away with.
1: The commandments are
2: not done away with, which is why we still observe these days, but we observe these things through the understanding of Christ. Because I said we have an earthly temple still, and I'm going to prove that. I'm going to go to First Corinthians chapter 6, and I'm going to read verses 18 through 20. And this is where I'm going to end off. And you want to say you can go ahead and, uh, you know, <laughs> get your closing words in after this. First okay. Corinthians 6 and 18. It says, free fornication, every sin that a man doeth, is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So, in the same manner, in the same zeal and sincerity that our people had under the Old Covenant to so-called... We dedicate the temple to the Most High. Now that we have a better covenant, now that we have a new mediator, and not only that, but we have an example to follow, these are the things that we're supposed to dedicate to the Lord, meaning our bodies are the temples. We're supposed to cleanse our bodies of those sins that are written in the Bible. We're supposed to cleanse ourselves of the fornication. We're supposed to cleanse ourselves of the adultery, of the hatred, of the variance, of the endings, of the murders, of the violence. That's what's going to get our communities going. Not giving away my darn turkeys every day, giving them every Christmas. Yeah, people get to eat, but okay, these are you too. You just kept them from having to steal. But he's going to steal tomorrow. Why? Because he hasn't changed in his heart. The man that put his hands on his woman, yeah, he's going to get a sweet turkey. His belly going to be full. But when he gets the, the, the right feeling, he's going to go and put his hands aside his woman's head the next day. So, the Lord is showing us how to truly repent and get ourselves together. So, you want to think you can take it on home.
0: Right. And just the last point of of speaking of the feast of dedication. Notice that we did not even pinpoint or speak of the righteous great acts that Mattathias and his sons Judas and his Judas brethren from Simon and the rest of them did. They did acts that was far, that was on the level of, of David. Samson and, and and acts of that that this world will consider uh, miracles. But again, the the key point it wasn't about them because those men died. It wasn't about them, but it was about what saving a way for that remnant to fear the Lord and keep the Lord's law statutes and commandments to bring us up like the scripture said the law is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Now, to bring us up to Jesus Christ now and how we ought to be serving Him and applying His words and examining ourselves daily to make sure that we're in the faith and keeping the words of the Heavenly Father. I'm, I'm just going to read this one chapter. I know we're going to close out in uh, Corinthians. I'm going to get it. 5 and 10. 2 Corinthians chapters. Um, let me let me get it first before I quote it because I'm bad at quoting. What's that? When examine yourselves 5 and 10?
3: Uh, yeah
0: I'll I'm, I'm read this, 2 Corinthians 5 and 10. It says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body. According to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Verse 11. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Persuade men to do what? Repent. But we are are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your conscience. In your consciences Because The thing is The Heavenly Father Is going to send His son Christ back He's not going to send Judas back He ain't going to send David back But in the kingdom Of heaven The Heavenly Father Is going to do What he want to do With those people But the one mm-hmm. That the Heavenly Father Said is going to come Is Christ And he's going to Sit here in judgment It ain't going to Be no temple He said he's going To build a new temple He said look I'll go prepare A place for you In my father's house Is many mansions I'm preparing for paraphrasing what Christ says, so he's the one that's going to be building us places to stay and to worship the Heavenly Father. Those things are coming, but we have to make ourselves worthy. And the only way that we can make ourselves worthy in the sight of the Heavenly Father is for us to repent and put on the will of the Heavenly Father, Son, Christ, and do it. You're going to have to put down Santa, you're going to have to put down um, Allah, you're going to have to put down Buddha, you're going to have to put down all of that mess. You're going to have to put down the the good witches, the bad witches, everything, and you're going to have to come to the one Son of the Heavenly Father and repent. So with that, I'm going to give it back to the host, giving all praises uh, for the show, that we can, um, you know, speak on this day of feast of dedication, but more importantly, speaking on the words of Christ and the kingdom to come. All right. So we want to give
2: all praise and thanks to the Heavenly Father in Christ. For the ability to come and preach his holy word Actually I I, I, was, I really wanted to close out with was, uh, Colossians the second chapter uh, Verses 8 Through uh, 14 But We'll save that one So give it all praises And again the Bodies Christ Radio Network We have shows that air seven days a week uh, You can catch us tomorrow Saturday 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time For another episode of Kings and Priests so with that, let's say giving our praises and shalom. If you've enjoyed today's program, join us next week for another installment of Repentance is the Key, airing every Friday night at seven PM Eastern Standard Time. You can also visit us on our website, www.thebocc.com and our YouTube page, www.youtube.com forward slash thebocc1. Once again, that address is www.thebocc.com and www.youtube.com forward slash thebocc1. Acts chapter 17, verse 30. In the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent.
3: Deep book, deep book, can't Offer coverage not available everywhere for discounted phones. Excludes taxes, surcharges,
2: roaming,
1: and premium contents. Subject to new line $36 activation fee. Credit valid for and plans may not be exact match. See website for eligible plans. Offer random 1716-721818. Exclusions and restrictions apply. Contract by audio reward card requires online
3: registration.